Have a listen to this. According to the Real Cost of Separation report, commissioned by Real Insurance, emotional and mental costs are the largest factor in the separation or divorce process. Mm -hmm. Having said that, coming in a close third, I reckon, is financial. Yeah. Because Australians are spending a whopping $45 million per year on divorce application fees and $3.7 billion a year on legal costs. To dissect this and put it back to a personal space, we have got our resident counsellor, Heidi Summerball, to tell us more. Hello, Heidi. Good morning, guys. When you hear numbers like that, does your feeling of responsibility just quadruple? You know, when you first hear those figures, it does sound really staggering. But then I was thinking about it, with the divorce rate being 50%, it probably isn't that surprising. It really did make me reflect on my own divorce about seven years ago and what was going on for me and why I engaged, you know, the legal services that I did. And I think what we need to remember is that divorce is a really stressful, scary time for people. People are looking down the barrel of losing time with their children, the family home, their financial security. So I think it's only a natural reaction that people reach out and seek legal advice because they're trying to protect themselves. And the biggest thing for me, Heidi, is who can afford to run two houses? I mean, usually we just get together in past generations to own a house in our lifetime. That's not even the go now. But if you split, you've got to have two domiciles you know, to, for whoever leaves the house. Exactly right. And I think you would find that there's a lot of people who actually stay in marriages where they're not even happy, but they do that because they don't know how they're going to manage it. It's not uncommon for me to hear people say, well, I'm going to stay together until the kids are through school so that they can have one home and they can get a good education. There's a lot of fear around losing that financial stability. But I guess where, you know, and you touched on it about houses and kids, but $3.7 billion on legal costs, that is people who have potentially gone through a series of things and still ended up in court. Is that right? What I remember happening is that my divorce lawyer said to me, because it is such a scary time, he said, we spend a lot of time counselling people. And one of the best advice he gave me was do not use me as a counselling service. Use me just for legal advice. Go and get a therapist and the support of your family and friends so that you're not using the lawyers for that. And now you can't just go to court. You have to go through the mediation process, which is both parties, sitting in a separate room with their legal advice. But something I learned about recently, which I think is really interesting and probably going to be really helpful in the future, is Mm pre-mediation. So this is where both parties are brought into the same room, so they haven't separated and engaged legal advice yet, and they sit with an expert mediator to try and nut out the big issues, which is always children and finances. And I think if we can see more of that, that's going to help reduce legal costs and put people on the same page. So let's be honest, when things have disintegrated to the point where people are looking at getting divorced, they start to threaten each other. And anyone listening has either experienced it or had someone close to them experience it where people start to threaten withholding children, withholding money, and that promotes all of this fear. And if you could sit down and nut it out and get on the same page, you probably wouldn't be getting divorced. But I think this pre-mediation could be the key. Heidi, you have seen a lot of people who have been through separation and divorce. Have you ever met anyone who has been happy with the outcome 
of their divorce court case? Initially, when you're in it, it feels like a war. And anybody who's been through it will tell you it is one of the hardest things, apart from illness, that they will go through. But you give people a few years, you give people time to heal, they will look back on it you, and they will be glad they went through it. They'll say, it was hell at the time, but now I've learnt more about myself, I've repartnered, my children are happy. Very, very rarely, I can actually only think of once where a person has gone, you know what, I still wish I was with that person. Once they're through the war and they've had time to heal, they're glad for it. It's Robin, Terry and Bob on Brisbane's 97.3. Uh, is your first tip to try and stay out of court? Not a lot of people end up in court these days. The people who are ending up in court are the people that have a lot of money. Because if you don't have the money to spend on it, you can't do it. And lawyers now, divorce lawyers, really try and encourage people to get it all sorted out at the mediation stage. If you're standing in front of a magistrate and you haven't managed to figure it out through mediation, they get pretty cranky with you. And I've been in that situation where I've stood in front of a magistrate. Have you been through this mediation process? Yes, we have. Yes, we couldn't sort it out. The magistrate all but rolled their eyes. They don't want to see people in there. And they churn you out pretty quickly and send you back into mediation and get annoyed with the lawyers if they haven't been able to figure it out. Okay, Heidi, wow. so I'm, I'm hurt. I'm financially threatened. I'm, maybe I don't, won't see my kids. What do I need to sort out in my own head, even before I get to pre-mediation? What do, I, what do I need to sort out for myself? Where do I need my mindset to be to make it successful for me? Educate yourself. Because educating yourself on what, your law, what the laws are, what your rights are, information is power. So whilst you're feeling all of those feelings, it's hard to sit down and get logical and start to do your research. But there's so much we can find out now on the internet. There is community legal aid advice that you can get. There's free relationship advice lines. I'd be accessing as much free advice as you can and educating yourself on what your rights are so that by the time you get to a lawyer, you've nutted out exactly what your questions are just to save you time and money in that, at that point. And information is free, isn't it? I guess that's the other thing is that sometimes often in, in these scenarios, one person has more power, possibly because they have more finances than the other. But if you're informed, then that can actually save you a lot of time and money. Exactly. Usually in the household, there's one person who's looking after the finances more and they can use that as a threat or a hold over the other person and you can get really wobbly and you're not sure what your rights are. But the reality is, Nobody can just take your children off you. Nobody can just take your house off you. Nobody can go and take all your money off you. And I know you will have listeners that are listening and say, well, that did kind of happen to me. We do have rights. Just don't turn your lawyer into your therapist. They're my rights. What do I need to sort out about my wants? What I I want to come out the other end with? Because I think that gets a bit confused, doesn't it? Pen to paper, making a list of what your wish list is. I mean... Our wish list in the reality, when we get divorced, I remember being told very bluntly, you will not be with your children all the time. You will lose your family home. You will not have the same money that you had before. But what you will have is that you will have peace, you will have happiness, you will rebuild, and your children watch you. They watch you do this. They watch you struggle. They watch you come out the other side. And whilst it's hard, it's not a bad lesson for them to learn. It's not bad for them to see that this was really tough, but I got through it and you come out the other side and you're happier. 
And do you think, Heidi, out of COVID, we're going to have see this just explode in the next few months? COVID, I think what COVID's done is it's really polarised things because people have lost their crutches. You know, what we would use to numb out, be it exercise, shopping, socialising, we can't numb out on those things. So it brings up all the pain and anxiety and stuff that we have to sit with. But I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing either because any sort of spiritual teacher talks about suffering and loss and how important it is because it shows us where our growth is. It's the old mantra, you've got to feel it to heal it. And I think that's what COVID's done. We will wait and see. I hope you're right, Heidi. Okay, thanks, guys. And I'd like to thank you. I'll come away with a T-shirt from you every time. You've got to feel it to heal it. I'm getting it printed today. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well done, lovely. Thanks, Heidi. Okay, Bye. Bye. Heidi Summerball in part one and part two, the complete interview will be on our podcast after nine o'clock this morning. You can uh, get that on our free iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you remember the last one that I absolutely loved of hers when she said, um, Um, it's like when you eat poison and you wait for someone else to die? That's uh, revenge. Revenge. Revenge Revenge is is eating a poison apple and waiting for someone else to die. I've still got that T-shirt in the cupboard too. (laughs) 